Okay, Ferdinando. It's Fernando. Sure. Are you ready? Do I have to do this? All the indie drivers do this stuff, Ferdinando. Just look to the camera and say the lines off the board. It's real simple. <sighs> okay, here we go. Hi, I'm Fernando Alonso. And whenever I'm at Boise, Idaho, I love to eat hot dogs at Mama Bessie's Hot Dog Shack. It's the tenderest hot... And I can't do this, I'm sorry, I can't do Now, this. come on, man, just do the damn line. It's just that, you know, in Formula One, we don't have to do this stuff. Okay, so you want to quit this and go straight back to Formula One this weekend? Oh, Mama, that's a really tasty hot dog. Woof, woof. Hello and welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth, he's Zog. Hello. He's Richard. Hello. And it's nice to have the gang back together. How are we, gang? Pretty good. That was very concise. Well, you know, keep it short. Very good. Richard? Yeah, I'm good. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed, the this, shortest this, this, this episode is so, ever. This is so British, isn't it? How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Don't ask me anymore. I'm not telling you. That's it. No more information. Are you as good as the World Championship fight in Formula One at the moment. That's quite a high bar. We've got a season on our hands, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we have. This is going to be a cracker. I love the fact that at the end of that race, Lewis just looked so knackered. He looked like he'd had to really, really work at it for the first time in quite a long time. He, uh, he, really he sounded a bit exasperated on the radio. Richard, I know you didn't see the race because you were travelling on that day, but yeah. it was a corker like Zog said it was a proper race and most importantly he was racing against someone in a different colour car to his yeah I knew I was going to miss the race probably because I was on a plane and then getting off a plane and I thought that's fine it's the Spanish Grand Prix that's never interesting and then I got off the plane got in a cab got on Twitter and went they did what <laughs> yes really <laughs> yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe it and because we're just recording this the next day I still haven't had a chance to watch the highlights which I'm going to do and because uh, I can't wait like to see them. well yes and I've heard all these things you know, Lewis was out of breath Vettel got a bit narky about Massa being in front of him and mm-hmm. being funny yeah, on the radio yeah. Raikkonen and Verstappen had a little clattering together and mm-hmm. uh, so it was all but mainly this, this Vettel Hamilton fight which it, sounds oh, tremendous it's on it's, on, it's baby. on it is on it's on but the very best thing about this grand prix oh the crying child yeah i heard about the crying yeah, yeah, child yeah 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 for those who saw it you don't need me to explain those who didn't when kimmy went out at the first corner cameras picked up the shot of a little five-year-old boy dressed in full ferrari gear crying his little eyes out my cold Welsh heart just melted. Oh, you're and, an old softie, we all know that. It's Come true. On. And then fair play to the Ferrari PR people who went and extracted this young lad and his French parents, I'm assuming he was French as well, and, and <laughs> took them from the grandstand to the paddock where they got to meet Kimmy and Kimmy gave him, I don't know, a bottle of vodka and a hat. <laughs> well, no, I did read about this. Uh, first it of all... It was heartwarming and lovely. Yes, I was getting a bit... It, just reading about it, I was like, oh, that's beautiful, it's such a nice thing. But I... <laughs> gather from what i read correct me if i'm wrong on this that the people who instigated getting him out of the crowd and bring him into the paddock it wasn't ferrari PR, was it, it was f1 pr excellent that, 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 and I, then they went and cleared it with ferrari uh-huh. of course now, had to say yes because you'd be cold-hearted if you didn't yeah now, now this is very interesting i didn't know that but i did wonder because one of the things that liberty has said they really want to do with the sport is open up a bit, bring the fans closer, use social media, engage with fans more and make it a less aloof 
less distant thing, mm. which I'm sure we'd all like to see. So I couldn't help thinking, when I saw the kid in the pits, I thought, oh, what is that Liberty just trying to make the what, teams a bit glimmer friendly? glimmer of humanity here? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's the polar opposite of what Bernie said. Bernie said, well, you know, we're not interested in the young people. They don't buy watches, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't, yeah, they don't buy yachts and watches. Madness. <laughs> Whereas what Liberty are doing now is clearly engaging with the crowd in that kind of American access way. One of the things that they're doing this now is immediately after the race, they get a journalist. It was Buxton from NBC who did it this last race. They interview the drivers in the paddock or in the pit lane for the benefit of the crowd, which is a lovely thing to do. It brings them physically closer mm. to the crowd. I know it only works for the people in the grandstand on the start finish straight, but you get that sense of them being more accessible, they are doing what they said they do. It's little subtleties, but it's working for the sport. And we're still getting racing, bizarrely, with these cars which shouldn't be overtaking. There's still just enough overtaking to make it into a proper race. Well, I've just been in Monaco. Ooh, get me. Uh, And I couldn't help thinking, as I was walking around Monaco and as I was in a cab going through the tunnel and things, that those new wider cars Mm. are going to be pretty tight around there Mm. next week. I mean, it's like you're never going to get much in the way of overtaking at Monaco, but I think this year that you might actually get uh, a bit more biffing the barriers and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I suppose less margin for error because it's a thing that anyone who's ever gone to Monte Carlo, if you're an F1 fan, the first time you ever go there and you go, oh, Mm-hmm. Oh, it's smaller than it looks mm. on the telly. You know, mm-hmm. the, even the tunnel, which you think is really wide, is not at all wide. Mm. And then some of the bits are even narrower and the hills are steeper and all sorts. It's, it's just much more hemmed in. And mm. I think those cars, how much wider have they got? I forget. They're now. about 10% wider than they were, which is significant. You know, we're back to that old thing about do the cars produce enough downforce over 50 miles per hour to be able to run on the ceiling of the tunnel at Monaco? Because that's the only way they're going to be able to pass, isn't it? If one of them decides to... Get up on the ceiling. I would quite happily help to build the ramp. (laughs) We've said this, haven't we? Has anyone ever tried it? No, and I've done some research into this. I say that. (laughs) I was in an office where we got some researchers to look into it. And from memory, part of the problem is simply there's no tunnel that fits the bill. There's no tunnel has... A perfectly smooth ceiling. They've always got yeah. lights and extraction vents and all sorts of stuff up there. You would have to have an absolutely perfectly smooth tunnel. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the other issue is getting, getting the car from... up there. Yeah. Because yeah. at that point where it's on the side, you've got to hope that sort of centrifugal force is keeping it in place. Yeah, I mean, and you... you've got to work out your speeds, and there's a lot of maths involved. Yeah. You basically need like a sort of two mile long concrete tube. Yes. I think uh, more than that, that's the other thing. The issue was the distance as well. Because if you think that for this to truly work, the F1 car's got to be going a fair old clip, yeah. and it would just eat up that distance. Yeah. You know, the driver would have time to go, oh my God, this really works. And then they just fly out the other end and realise they're still and upside down. Fall <laughs> off <laughs> fresh air. Yeah. Well, no, hang on. If Wiley Coyote films have taught us nothing else, it's that they will actually <laughs> stop, their eyes will go, <laughs> and then yeah. they'll go, <laughs> And fall. Yeah. And then hopefully they'll be over a ravine, so they'll fall for a very long time making a whistling noise, and then they'll just be Boom. puff of dust. The, exactly. the, with a very low sound. Yeah. The real way to approach this is to think of it as a barrel roll, a single 
barrel roll, not an axial roll where you roll about the axis of the vehicle, but a barrel roll where you form a spiral yeah. as you move forward. And you'd like have a, to like a like the so it's the sort of axial equivalent of a is it what they call a pylon turn in an aircraft? A pylon turn is actually that. It's more like a banked turn at the end of Indianapolis or something, where you're you're, you're literally like a on a knife turn edge, where you're always pointing, where you've got something yeah. pointing at the same. I'm actually flying my hand around the microphone mm. here to demonstrate. Uh, it That's makes, so funny. It makes great radio. Yeah, uh, but, but <laughs> a barrel roll is effectively a corkscrew. Yeah. So what you have to do when you enter the tunnel, you have to come at it at a slight angle. You can't be parallel to the tunnel. You have to aim for one of the walls, and you'd probably just get one loop in before you, you have to you drop do down the what, other side. Uh, what the, the minis did briefly in the Italian job exactly mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the Monaco tunnel not good for that because it's not a tubular tunnel mm. is it? it's, it's a got flat a, sided tunnel I mean it's almost uh, it's more like it's a got a bend in it too yeah. it has yes what you need okay you need to get in touch with the crossrail people Yes. And before they put all those trains and platforms yeah. and tracks and all that, you just want to take a really nice, pristine, one-mile bit of enormous, bored-out tunnel mm. and then run a Formula... Yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. got to be the way. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back to Monaco in a moment, but let's talk about the newest winner in Formula One. Um, this is the new Liberty approach here. Everything in Formula One is going to be delivered like that. Valtteri Bottas! Well done, Walter Bum Bum, whose middle name is Winner. Did you know that? Really? Victor. Valtteri Victor Bottas. Wally Winner Bum Bum. That's how it translates. And he won a race, and he won convincingly against Lewis there, didn't he? It was great. He had the speed in Sochi. Yeah, absolutely demonstrated that Mercedes made the right decision in bringing him into the team. He's right up there with Lewis. You know, he's not, not quite there, but he's up there with him. Yeah, delivered a great performance in Sotri. Was lacking a little something in Barcelona, but he's demonstrated that, yeah, that he can do it. I liked his very Finnish reaction to winning his first Grand Prix. <laughs> he was just quite, I am quite yeah. pleased. Oh, yes, yes. He's yeah. got it all under control with his Sisu. I'm concerned, though, that Honda's appalling form means that Alonso really, really wants out of that team now. And the only three places you can consider him going are Mercedes, Red Bull and Ferrari. Rumours are that he won't go back to Ferrari because they won't have him there. Mm. He won't go to Red Bull because he doesn't fit their profile of having built their own drivers. You know, they don't import other people's talent. Mm. Red Mm. Bull are Mm. their own thing. Therefore, he's a shoe-in at Mercedes next year, replacing Bottas, in which case Bottas goes to Ferrari. Unless Vettel goes to Mercedes, which is very likely. It's about to get thrown so up in the air and land very differently, I think. Where would Alonso go then? Alonso- in the conservatory with the lead piping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he could be left out cold. His best option would be go to Mercedes if they don't have Vettel. Yeah. And it all depends on whether Ferrari keep Raikkonen or do they want Bottas to replace Raikkonen and they'll keep Vettel as well. There's a kind of a knock-on effect, you know, the classic, um, uh, what do we call it, when the music stops, everyone sits down. Musical chairs. Musical chairs. <laughs> What's that game called? Yeah, We had a different game when I was a boy. Sticks and wheels, that's all we had. We didn't have chairs and wheels, no. Didn't have electric light? No, no, no. Didn't have hybrid engines, no, no. But you could see Alonso taking a year out of Formula One and continuing his Indianapolis career. But more on that in a moment. I think we should talk about that. He's determined, and he said this, that he wants to do other motorsport. He wants to be Mm. king of all motorsports. Does that include monster trucks? Yeah, why not? (laughs) 
I'd like to see that. <laughs> he, you know, he, he wants to do the classic trip. He wants to win an Indy and he wants to win at Le Mans. Yeah. So um, Le Mans next on the list, I think, isn't it? But also, you know, it's not unheard of for F1 racing drivers to go into rallying. So mm-hmm. there's another option. See if you can do that. And uh, MotoGP as well. He's Spanish. I'd, he likes motorbikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I, think, I mean, why not just make a TV series out of this where every week yeah. Fernando Alonso goes and tries another motorsport? It is funny, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, he's such a talented driver and he just hasn't managed in the last few years to find anywhere that really matches his talent and lets him deliver. We might see in the next couple of years that he drops out of the sport without ever winning another championship. Let me tell you about Alonso's talent. He's utterly talentless. That's what I think. Utterly talentless when it comes to choosing what team to be in at one time. Come on, he's tremendous on track, but I think I will go and drive for Ferrari now. Oh, Ferrari are rubbish this year. I will go and drive for McLaren. How could they let me down? Oh, they're rubbish for two years. You can't have everything in life. Where would you keep it? And maybe we have found Alonso's weak spot, his Achilles heel, his inability to read the form of teams. But his manager is still Flav, is it not? Yes. So this really, in a way, is Flav's fault, because your manager is exactly why you would have a manager as a driver, is to help steer your career in the right direction. So really, blame Flav. Speaking of steering careers in the right direction... How about that Pedro de la Rosa doing the interviews? I thought he did a cracking job. He was lovely. He was very good. Did he at any point fall in a river? Not on this occasion. Damn it! But talking about ex-drivers who've changed their role, have you watched F2 on Sky recently? Have you watched F2? Mm No. Take my advice. Listeners, downloaders, Richard, Zog, start watching what we used to call GP2. It's now branded F2, but the best reason for watching it now is one of the two commentators, who is David Velsecki, ex-GP2 driver, who has a fantastic Italian accent, superb English, and the greatest voice of motorsport commentary since Murray Walker. Really? My trousers, he brings something to the show. Yeah. Oh, he's joyful to listen to. Oh, it, I've always watched GP2 and found it quite good. Now it's like, this is the most exciting thing I've seen ever. David Valsecchi, what a voice. And you're right, Pedro de la Rosa was very cool and witty and funny and charming, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, they, was... they liked him. Yeah, yeah. I, also, speaking of ex-drivers who are showing another side to themselves as well, have we talked before about Timo Glock on Twitter. No. no oh, I know about his tease recently. He put out a picture of him sitting in a red car saying, oh, there's been a gap. Oh, I'm going back that. to Formula yeah, One. He's that. a cheeky lad, he is, isn't he? He's second only to Taka Inui on Twitter, an yeah. ex-Formula One driver who's really funny. Yeah, Taka yeah. Inui's account is that he's well worth following on Twitter. He's funny, top Maybe, who knows, next year, the year after, we'll be saying this about Fernando Alonso. <laughs> he's left F1, but God... But he's good on social media. Well, isn't Twitter. he brilliant? Isn't he like he's Instagram. been snapped up by one of the broadcasters and he does these sort of things. Maybe where he does indeed roam the world trying out motorsport and then he comes back to the paddock and interviews people. You really want what, this programme to happen, that, don't you? I kind of do, yeah, and it's weird because I used to hate Alonso. I mean, not yeah. as a driver. I always thought yeah. he's, he's a very, very good driver. You can't deny that. But I always thought as a human being, he's, he's a, bit a bit of a dick. dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and so. you say get, I say dick. But either way, you know, just, just, <laughs> he was just not, for various reasons, which we won't go back over, that he sort of blotted his copybook over the years. But now he's a bit he has down and out, and the, the McLaren particularly not working for him these past few years. And he's sort of shown that he has this wry sense of humour 
And he's not really had a massive tantrum, has he? I mean, unless you count well, going to Indy as a big tantrum, but... But he's sort of, <laughs> there's a quiet restraint to him, and as there was to Button last year as well, where they're just almost beyond <laughs> off. So they're just sort of going, "Okay, what's happened now?" I think yeah. it. I think Has you've it identified really? it there. Mm. It's gone on so long. It's so ridiculous. They're beyond caring. Well, Alonso is. Yeah, I find him much more likable as a person. It's just then the converse is it's more frustrating that you know he's an absolutely terrific driver mm. who can't really do his stuff. And I think you need him up that front because he is one of the racers on the grid, isn't he? So him, mm. Hamilton, Vettel. Max. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Ricardo, I'd say, as well. But, but you know, there's ones who are just absolutely balls yeah. to the wall. There's no kind of, oh, they've asked mm. me to look after the tyres, so mm. I, won't, I won't go for that gap. I'd put Kimmy up there as well, although he hasn't quite yes, got the ultimate speed when anymore. he can be he's, bothered. Exactly, yeah. He has to, the, the car has to be just right, and he's got to be in the right mood. So just going back to that little boy who was taken into the paddock by F1PR, mm. Ferrari got him in to meet Kimmy. I read about this afterwards. They said to the little boy, what did Kimmy say to you? And the little boy said, I don't know, I couldn't understand him. There you go. <laughs> and everybody who works with Kimmy went, yeah, and us neither. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine, anyway. So, uh, Kimmy, this boy I mentioned, he's been crying pretty hard, and you know, he's really sad, and you know, he's only young, so... Can he come in and see you? Sure. Great, Kimmy. Grazie. You can come in now. Kimmy, say hello. Hello, Max. Oh, hi, Kimmy. I'm sorry that we had an accident. Sure, whatever. Are you going to punch me? No. Oh, wow. You've got boots in here. Can I take some? No, I am. Step Petrol! We got a on speed! I found myself hypnotically watching... IndyCar today, because we've got an Amazon Fire Stick plugged into our television, which means I can watch YouTube on our telly. Am I getting too boring now about this? Yeah. Anyway, I was watching IndyCar's output because they make the practice to Indianapolis 500 available for people like you and me who like to watch this kind of thing. And it really is hypnotic. And there I was watching IndyCar and something occurred to me. Have you noticed how everyone at the moment is saying, this is really great for Formula One that Alonso's going to IndyCar? No, it ain't. This is really great for IndyCar that a Formula One driver is going to IndyCar. I think IndyCar will pull new viewers. I think Formula One's just going to lose a bunch. I don't know about F1, but certainly it's good for Indy. I was reading a thing about Google searches for Indy 500 and what the statistics were and if you look at it historically you know you always get spikes before the race of course the spike of interest that showed on the Google search stats for Indy 500 when Fernando Alonso announced that he was driving was phenomenal it was you know it was, it was way higher than any other peaks mm. in Indy 500 searches past it was a really really massive spike in the numbers for IndyCar not for, for Indy Formula yeah, One. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. With you. I don't think Formula One will lose viewers because why would you stop watching Formula One just because one driver's having a little boys' weekend away almost? <laughs> but I do think you're right. IndyCar gets some tremendous extra publicity in Europe for this, yeah. which uh, can only help their cause because they probably want to spread beyond the, the United States. And Formula One doesn't benefit really in any way. I think yeah. it just Formula One remains neutral. In fact, no, I think it does damage for Formula One. Really? Yeah, I do. I do because a driver has shown a preference. 
for real racing over what he can't do in Formula One at the moment. Okay, but that is a reflection on McLaren's yeah. current form, not a reflection of the state of F1. Yeah, if Hamilton was doing this or Vettel, are you right? I think that would look terrible because it's like the guy who's fighting for the championship is so disinterested in this sport, he's prepared to take a hit and go away for one week. But because it's somebody who's clearly having a horrible time, you're right, it's McLaren who come out of this badly, isn't it? No, 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 but again, McLaren is complicated. Yes, in a sense, it's bad to publicise the fact that, you know, your car is so rubbish that you're having to let your drivers go off and race another series to keep them happy. Mm. That is not good. But mm. it is good that they're not bullshitting about it. They're quite open about how bad the car is and the problems they're having. They're racers enough that they will let their driver go off and compete at Indy. I really think that is a genuinely good bit of PR I, I, for McLaren. I think they, you know, they it shows them decent. up to be... They, yeah, look, they look like they're, a good employer. Yeah, Can I have some time off to go and do this? Uh, making, uh, yeah, OK. <laughs> well, you know, they're making the best of a bad situation. But and, you know, also... So, I've noticed, what's his face, Zach Brown. Hi, I'm Zach Brown. I'm in the grid iron. Oh, no, can I have a cheeseburger with that? Sorry. Well, he is out there with Alonso, uh-huh. and he's tweeting away, there and he's go. crashing in on the official McLaren account and going, yay, we're here, and I sort of feel like going, who invited you? Mm-hmm. He wants to get away from you and mm-hmm. your inadequate car. <laughs> Stop following him. <laughs> Stop <laughs> mooching on his holiday. But he's, he's racing a McLaren. There. Well, yes, but Zach Brown should be back at the factory fixing the stuff that's not right, which I admit it's Honda's problem, really. But he's the boss. The buck stops with him. He's having a jolly following Fernando around. He's a big lad. He can look after himself. Well, Zach's probably the reason him? that he's at Indy, I think. I think it's his connections with the American world of motorsport that's allowed this deal to be brokered. Mm. I don't know. I've just been in places before where you get management following the talent around, <laughs> mooching off their good graces, and you think, just go back to your office and have another Sign a couple book. of memories <laughs> or something. Yeah. So, Alonso's off driving an orange Delara, pretending to be a McLaren. Well, mm. not pretending to be a McLaren, but it's, you know, in McLaren colours. Flying McLaren colours with a Honda methanol running is it a twin turbo v6 the indycar engine a completely different architecture to the one in formula one in a delara yeah, yeah. it's not a pretty car either is it the indycar have you seen it it's not pretty i find it interesting but that's just because it's different i suppose yeah yeah it's not it's not it's not pretty. I'm concerned for Alonso's safety. Do you remember, Zog, when we had dinner with Jody Schechter a few years ago? Yes. We were talking to him about his son, Thomas, racing in IndyCar. And you felt the chill down Jody's back when he said, I don't like him racing. It's not safe. It's dangerous. As a father, yeah, 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 he, yeah. you know, yeah, a yeah, racing yeah. driver himself did not approve of his son racing in this. Mm. And I felt that concern. Mm. Now, mm. IndyCar's come a long way. The car that they drive now, the DW12, is a much safer design than anything they've had previously for lots of good reasons. But even today, there were drivers driving with broken wrists and fractured vertebrae. You can break your back at IndyCar. Now, if that happens to Alonso, then how does Formula One feel? Well, Well. motor racing is dangerous. Says so on the back of the ticket. Motor racing is dangerous. As a driver, you're always taking a calculated risk when you step into a car. Yeah, I don't know. How does F1 feel? I don't know. I mean, the same way that I suppose when Robert Kubica... Mm. Went rallying, ended his career. Yeah, knackered the chances of ever coming back to F1 because he... 
had a big rally smash. It was a bit different. F1 didn't make Alonso go to IndyCar, and if he doesn't come back, heaven forfend, then it's not really their doing, is it? So it would be very sad just to lose one of the greatest F1 drivers that we have at the moment, and if he couldn't race again. But you know, in allowing people it. come out of the Indy 500 in the same shape they went into it, so mm. I, I would just sort of assume that. You know, there yeah, are a number I mean, of Formula 1 drivers in IndyCar at the moment. Max Chilton's there. Hello, Max. Yeah. Oh, I've got some money. Takuma Sato's there. Mm. And the race was won, the Indy 500 was won last year by Alex Rossi, ex-Marussia mm. or Manor driver, at his first attempt. I mean, I know there were exceptional circumstances. So, you know, you can do it. There is talent there. And I think maybe it's that which has made Alonso think, well, if Max Chilton can race, yeah. <laughs> I can race. You just remember that on, on a completely different note, you mentioned Manor F1. Uh-huh. All of Manor's old gear is being auctioned off as we speak. Ooh, yeah. Including the wind tunnel model. Yeah. Including the wind tunnel models, yeah. 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 Uh, last time I looked, the bid on the wind tunnel models were about two grand, I think. Do you need a wind tunnel um, model, Richard? No, I've got one. This is yeah, yeah. like a one-sixth scale uh, yeah. Model. I have actually bid on several lots. Oh, yeah. Although the last time I checked, I'd been outbid on everything. So what, I, I may what, have to read. What have you been bidding on? Okay. I bid on. I got a bit carried away, actually, because I bid on a. The uh, right to be Manor F1 <laughs> next season. <laughs> uh, 500 quid. Brilliant. I bid on a diffuser, rear uh-huh. diffuser. Uh-huh. I bid on a pair of. Are you going to fit uh, it to your Porsche? Underpants. A pair of <laughs> Harry Anto's gloves. Uh huh. A pair of used race boots. Good. Uh, Again, I'm glad you said your, your size. Uh, yeah, my oh, size. Good. Uh, four wheel nuts. Uh-huh. Hello. They'll be titanium. Four of those there. carbon fiber, what they call you know, cake tins. You know, sort of drums that are part of the uh, the cooling for the break. Ah, yeah. oh, yeah, right. Okay. Sorry, I thought you meant in the, in the Claire yeah. Williams you, you, sense of actually making cakes. Before actually, the race. probably does no, use those to make no, 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 cake. Are you going to fit these to your Porsche? If I could, I probably would. But well, no, you know, hang on, I haven't finished. Uh, yep, good. There were some other carbon fibre brake bits, like mm-hmm. a sort of mixed bag, about sort of 40, 50 quid. <laughs> a pair of <laughs> driver's earpieces uh-huh. um, <laughs> and three crappy laptops. <laughs> <laughs> what, PC laptops? <laughs> yeah, yeah, three really cheap, really... PC laptop. Why are you well, buying no, no, a they PC? weren't really, really cheap. Really cheap. Yeah. As you know, I'm a Mac guy. I'm always using yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I use an Apple laptop for my writing and video editing, whatever I'm doing. Sometimes it's useful to have a Windows laptop to do stuff with, whether Tables, it's testing software or, you know, set up it up as a network machine. To you, it's not you stuff. sending out the but ransomware, is it? That's you, isn't hey, it? You're no, I, crippling I, the I'm, world. I'm not that level of From an old When I bid on it, it was going for 50 quid, you know. How, mm. so, right. so I've only got to bid 55 quid to possibly get it. I've got to get on there. It sounds like they've got all manner of power. They have. All manner. All manner. So, yeah, manner F1 auction. Loads of good stuff. What else did I bid on? An autoclave. They've got autoclave. Really? Got, yeah. There's garage equipment. They've got hydraulic lifts for the cars. They've got the front and rear jacks. I do need uh, an autoclave. <laughs> yeah, that, like, yeah. Someone I know was doing some filming out in Eastern Europe, and one of his colleagues went as we were wrapping up, and this guy I know was supposed to drive the van full of all manner of props mm. and costume or whatever back to the UK, but it wasn't very full. It was a massive van, loads of room in it. And then someone on the cruise came over and went, I'll "Tell you what, mate, do me a favour." Just bought a pizza oven from over there. <laughs> you take it back to the UK for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. This was from one of those big wood-fired pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he stuck it in the van. The van is 
creaking down on its back springs, driving through Germany, gets stopped by the German police because it's patently overloaded. They it's took it to a way station and went, your van is overloaded. And so they went, you must get rid of this now. And they're like, but it's a pizza oven. I can barely move it. So... And you I, had to ditch it. Yeah, I had to oh. ditch it. But first, I had to find somewhere that they could help him get the damn thing out of the van <laughs> in the first place. I would imagine that of all the countries in Europe to just, you know, kind of ditch a pizza oven, Germany is probably one of the harder ones. Oh, I wouldn't fly tip in they, Germany. They're oh, probably no. a little less no, 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 no. understanding of I think if we'd been tipping. stopped in Italy, they'd have just gone, OK. OK, yes. Yeah, yeah, nice we'll yeah, take it good, yeah. I'll, I'll take it home for my wife. Yeah, but yes, Germany. Don't get stopped. Overloaded van. Not not a good thing. Got fined for it as well. Where is this auction? Where can you find it? Off the top of my head, I think if you just type in manorf1auction.com, you might find it. I mean, certainly if you Google Manor F1 Auction, it's going to come up. I Mm. I can't remember what the name of the auctioneers are, but yeah, there's loads of stuff. Helmets, overalls. Max Chilton. um, (laughs) Let's hope so. Now, talking about ex-Formula One drivers like Mr Chilton, ex-Formula One driver Mr Jay Button of... California. He's been spending the last few months in California, he tells me. Uh, he tells me. He, he, tells, he tells us. You've gone full James Allen. Yeah. <laughs> He's been training for some triathlon events and staying in the same place and having a very nice time of it. Then mm. he's got to remember how to drive a Formula One car. It's all right because it's only a slow one. And he's going to do it in Monaco. Yeah, he's basically going to turn up 20 minutes before the race. Yeah. Give it a once-over. Yeah, what's moved? Okay, fine. He'll take it around the corner, bring it back, that's it. I did see today, are they not giving him some extra running? Are they? I, I, th- I don't think so. I, th- I, I thought, thought he's doing simulator stuff. Yeah. And he practices on Thursday at Monaco, not Friday, because they don't have practice on Friday. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's I, it, I, 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 I thought, I thought I he was just turning up for the regular practice. I, I could be wrong on this. I could it. be completely wrong. You know, I don't know Jensen Button. I, I don't fully understand the psychology of a racing driver I know it's very complex and they're going out there to do something that most of us can only imagine but it's my belief and it's quite a fundamental belief that he doesn't give a monkeys about this yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Correct. you've nailed it he's well, doing it because he has to him perfectly yes He's well, contracted to. That's the deal. Yes and no. When I've seen him talking about it, he doesn't give off the vibe of somebody who's reluctantly being forced to drive a car around Monaco. Mm. This is one of those sort of gigs where it's almost like a sort of a perfect, low-pressure, fun racing gig. Yeah. You know, there are no expectations partly because he's retired and he's only coming back for this one race, also because the car is completely rubbish mm. and even if he was at the top of his game and better than he'd ever been, he still wouldn't be able to do anything with it. Yeah. So no expectations. He can just turn up, be an F1 driver again mm. for a couple of days. Everyone's going to love him. He'll have as good a time as you can have in that McLaren. Mm. Can I do I, a little name drop, by the way? Because I just please. remembered something. This will be relevant. Go on. Uh, I was talking to Mark Webber the other day. Oh, hello. Kadang. And uh, not one on one. I was with somebody else, but we bumped into Mark Webber, sorry, who's just moved to Monaco. And he said that he likes it in the UK and he always lives yeah, in the UK. Yeah, he was always. He was racing, I, I, that was one of the things. He's moved to Monaco and he said, on the plus side, the social scene's quite good. Because there's a lot of ex and current F1 drivers out there, so he can mm. just go and hang out with people he knows and have a beer and what have you. And the thing with Button, I suspect, is the same. He'll go down to Monaco, he can just hang out with lots of people he knows. I think he's got a flat there anyway, hasn't he? So if the car to, breaks yeah. down on lap nine, which inevitably it will, he can just walk home. Yeah. Or he can go to a bar that he already has a tab running at and just, <laughs> <Yeah>. just <laughs> pop his helmet on the bar. <laughs> and, and stay there for the rest yeah. of the weekend. Exactly. So it's a win-win. But also from McLaren's point of view, because I know when they announced that Alonso was going to IndyCar, for the Inter 500. They didn't say he was going to fill his seat. And there was lots of speculation on maybe they'll get 
a new young hot talent in to give mm. them a tryout. Well, from their point of view, bad idea mm. because new hot young talent, unlike Button, will try and show off, mm-hmm. will try and show what they can do, right. even in an adequate car. Risk at Monaco of all places, just damaging the car, costing the team a load of money. Mm, we've got to go and repair that. Button will look after it because he's not that fussed. And when it breaks down or is very, very slow, he already knows what he's getting into. He won't be disappointed. They won't have a manager in the motorhome going, you've let my team down. It'll just be yeah. Jensen going, well, anyway, thanks, blokes. If you need to find me, I'll be in uh, I'll be, Le Maison I'll du be near that Supermodels. Right yeah. <laughs> and who wouldn't blame him? I mean, come on. I can see Button just driving it into the first barrier at the first corner. Anyway, <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. Uh, <laughs> front wheel came off there. Why do that? I mean, why, why, no, he doesn't. Yeah. Why, no, he, he doesn't want to cause the team any inconvenience. He probably knows a lot of the mechanics and things. Yeah, so, yeah, but what? Yeah, just turn it off and then yeah. go. Oh, guys, uh, <laughs> oh, it's not working. I'm just going to put it in. There we go. Uh, all data shows you've turned it off, Jensen. No, no, just, uh, <laughs> just doesn't. Just uh, oh, stop being. Oh, I yeah. j- just happens to be uh, one of my favourite. Uh, Jensen, all the data shows that you're now in the Cafe de Paris ordering yeah. a Grand Bière. <laughs> Is that correct? <laughs> no. Yeah, just bring it over here, mate. You know why they've got Jensen in, really, don't you? The engine is so useless, that Honda engine, they're not even going to fit it to his car. He's going to pedal, and he's so fit at the moment. Jensen, he'll probably finish in the top ten because he's a triathlete. You'll be listening to Gareth Jones on speed. He was Zog. Goodbye. He was Richard. Goodbye. And I was Gareth. Good luck, Alonso. Good luck, Jensen. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>